I suppose before we get much further, I should probably explain to our dear listeners as to why they're hearing your voice instead of Dave's. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know we were recording yet, but hello. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we better explain um, why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't just walked on, yeah. yes. Yeah, there is a reason. <laughs> um, Dave, the other Dave, i.e. not me, seems to have concussed himself. Um, shouldn't laugh. By, I think he kind of like stood up into a worktop. And yeah, it sounds like he's having quite a hard time just even looking at like a screen for any period of time um, to the point where he feels like he can't do the podcast this week. And you know, we were just messaging privately, um, mm. you know, just talking nonsense to each other. And he was like, you know what, I've, I've got to go because I can't really be on the screen on just on the phone. It's, you know, I guess it like head hurts and eyes go funny or, or something. I don't really understand concussion, to be quite honest. But yeah, he's fine. But um, this week he needed to take the week out, so lucky us you're here, Baxter. <laughs> here I am. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, a pleasure to be here, as always. It's nice. Is that why it was only like 18-odd minutes last episode then? No, there was a, no, there's a story behind that. I, we were both away last Sunday, so we kind of had to hastily record two episodes, and the second episode we kind of were like, perhaps didn't plan it as well as we should have done in terms of content, and it got to about 20 minutes. We're like, ooh, do we... We kind of like ran out of things to say and it's like well, do we do we just leave it or do we try and do another 10 minutes of something and we're like no let's just mm. cut it so <laughs> that was that <laughs> yeah no that's fair no that's fair i mean i think it's good that you still you know got an episode out anyway and um i think it's been nice actually kind of hearing like both your stories on what you've been thinking about development and what's been going on and especially dave struggles as well which um i feel for him to be honest i have to say it's um because we've all been there, really, haven't we? We've like we're not sure what to do, or we've tried experience but have but haven't worked really. But you know, I think it's just one of those things where you just need to, well, like take some time out. In in Dave's case, concussion, <laughs> just to give a rest, really, and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like funny because I think Dave kind of got a hard nudge from the universe, um, mm. uh, kind of just mm. at the right moment, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm. keen to see what he comes up with because he's got quite some quite cool ideas for some upcoming apps. Yeah. No, it's cool to have the show, I guess, as like an outlet, really, for us both. Just kind of once a week, check in, catch up, because we're both kind of deving away on, on something. And mm. and development is the kind of thing where something always comes up that throws you or... So, yeah, it's good to, good, good to have the show, really. It's almost just kind of like a... Soundboard. Basically, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's probably a pretty good way of putting it. And it's nice, like, actually being able to hear it in the form of a podcast that you and Dave do, which is nice because there's a lot of relation, to be honest, that could be said for it because, you know, I kind of had the same thing a year ago with the freelancing and I was in a um, in a bad way and now it only seems like it's, it's properly picking up, which is nice. So I think we all kind of like have <coughs> those moments where we just need to kind of step back from everything and then you kind of get a plan of, as to what you can do next. Yeah, can relate. I can relate to that mm. a lot, obviously, with um, when I had apps in the store. What was it now? Blimey, it's coming up two years ago that I shut it all down. But um, yeah, I had apps in the store about two years ago that weren't doing so well and I didn't know where to go next. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like a, I had a proper limited company and everything and that was kind of mm. costing money every month to keep that afloat for the accountants. And it's kind mm. of like you could see the the money going out every month to the accountants, to this, to that. to, And then you look at the pitiful amount that was coming in from Apple <laughs> paying me and it was like, oh no. <laughs> and yet it, it just got to the point where something had to give, you know, I guess in, in the, in the depths of it being bad, I kind of had this idea for my, 
what app I'm working on now, but then I was like, blimey, it's going to take me ages to make. And if I've got these mm. monthly costs every month, you know, this app is going to cost me a fortune to make. So that that was when I decided, you know, just shut it down, um, sort of take a little hiatus, I guess, re- you know, rethink everything, just, just stop, take a step back. And uh, yeah, so I guess I'm kind of mid comeback i guess you could call it <laughs> I, I don't know what i don't know how it's going to turn out but i kind of figured that i'm going to be making apps no matter what even if it's like not as a business i'll do it as a hobby or or, or something I've, I've got to be doing something yeah i i can relate to that as well because i kind of feel like in a <laughs> in that facebooky status quote with a sunset in the background way um <laughs> it's like we're kind of like we we know that we we're meant to be doing this if that makes sense you're meant to be doing the programming i'm meant to be doing the writing and even if we have these bumpy roads you know we know that there's there's a path that we can actually carve ourselves out of and just kind of enjoy it really um because the thing is right a year ago um i mean you kind of know some of the details Dave does, a few other people do, but last February was was awful for me because I did everything wrong. <laughs> it was like um, pitches were coming back as rejected. Um, I was getting late payments from certain things. I was getting behind on stuff and I just had a massive panic attack and I was just reduced to the duvet for a few days, which felt like a week and it was awful. And after like a lot of soul searching, and this was a Manchester mind, um, I decided that I was going to get a job. I was going to find a way to get back to Lincoln, to be around people. And also the fact that my um, partner, now fiance Lauren, she wasn't happy in what she was doing. So we just made a plan. And I think ever since then, I kind of took a break from the whole writing thing. Still did Palkies because it kind of kept me going. And then it's only really since October, September, October, that things have started to pick up now, which is nice. So that was kind of my way of kind of stepping back from everything and just the just kind of reflect on what I did and didn't do and what I can do better now. And now that I am doing those things, Dave, it's nice that actually I've got three gigs going on now, which are recurring. So I guess like writing now is like your day to day. Yeah. Um, so at the minute I'm doing three days at an agency every week and um, the other times I'm writing for an esports place um which is one article a week monday to friday and also i'm helping with this gaming bar in lincoln as well so all in all uh yeah it's it's surreal and there are those quick moments of imposter syndrome thinking and they're going to be like this is shit get out you'll be a squad of premises um but so far no it's been all right i've been i've been really enjoying it it's been good imposter syndrome is just the worst isn't it it can be, yeah, but that's a, that's an, that's another thing from last year. I've I've learned how to contain it, um, so it, it's it's yeah, it's been manageable so far. Yeah, I, I I struggle with it massively. Like even coming on this show, sometimes I think like, why why do I have a show about iOS development? I'm you know, am I even qualified in any way to come on here and talk about it every week? Yeah, you know, got to keep an eye on it really because it can uh, it can creep up on your imposter syndrome. It's not it's not a nice thing at all. No, no. I think you need to have the people around you and all the and certain tasks as well and certain things to kind of um have an outlet for to kind of keep that imposter syndrome at bay. I've actually given him a name actually. You, no one else knows this actually, but I'll tell you this now. He's called Bernard, Dave. And uh, my imposter syndrome is called Bernard. I tell you what, it's in a weird thing, it's nice to kind of like put a put a name to the syndrome. It, it's 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 nice and it's it's almost like therapy because when I'm like playing resident evil 2 i'm just like shooting a zombie and i think it's bernard it's great (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> so I guess, um, unlike last time when you came on, we've actually got a semi-plan. <laughs> we totally winged it last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, I listened back to that a couple of times, and I still, I think I said to you both, like, after, like, I feel like I just kind of muddled on the Apple Watch bit. I was like, what the hell was I saying? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I think but, that's yeah. Bernard talking. <laughs> Buddy Bernard again, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, what is the plan anyway? I don't know. I've got a, a gin near me, so um, what's the plan now? Well, <laughs> I've got a uh, an Apple Notes document. At the top of it, it oh. says iPad. and then under- Oh, that and, thing. That thing, yeah. And then underneath it, it says 10-year anniversary thoughts. I don't know about you, but it certainly snuck up on me and kind of in a worrying yeah. way like blimey 10 years of my life has passed because <laughs> um, i still think of the ipad as like a relatively new thing yeah i think that's what everyone feels like it is especially from the articles i've read as well on the anniversary because i was going to write my own thing and i thought no so that was the end of that so i just kept reading other people's and yeah it still feels like a new thing which i think is right because i think when apple said when it was like ipad two three time that this is all early days, you know, we're all in the midst of this post-PC revolution thing. And I think we're only still in year one of it, really. So, um, yeah, it, it's been interesting to kind of read everyone's opinions of, of iPad in, after 10 years and um, <laughs> especially what's kind of come out of it. Um, well, when I say come out of it, I just mean moans, really. Yeah, moans. it got a hard time, I felt. It, it, in almost like it's been 10 years and it hasn't gone very far was kind of the gist I, I got from it. Oh, it's odd. It's odd, Mr. Knott. It really is. Um, because I've, you know, it, the rumour is I've been um, a big advocate of it, apparently. And, I um, no idea. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a twist to everyone. And yeah, it's it's been really kind of nice how it's kind of threaded, like how it affects my college life, uni life, uh, freelancing life, writing. And yeah, it, it's, it's really just kind of come to the point where the hardware side of it, I think I said this last time, I'm happy with how it is now. Um, I'm really happy with um, how it all looks. I'm not really bothered with camera improvements. I just want to see a few more refinements really to the OS. And ever since I've had the iPad 3, the first one Retina, I've just been happy with it all. Um, so, yeah, I think, like you say, it's it's kind of gotten a hard time from the software side, really. No one's really kind of been banging on about how bad the hardware's been. It's really all been about how anti-productive i could say or unintuitive maybe that people have been writing about mm, yeah i think almost the fact that the hardware is so good that almost acts as a catalyst for the you know people moaning about the software because when the mm. hardware is that good it, it kind of adds to the frustration as to why the software can't keep up because i think about the ipad pro and and that's almost like peak ipad in my mind it's yeah. like they did everything yeah. right with that you know even even today it's it's no slouch, is it, in terms of what it can do as as a piece of hardware? No. Um, no. Yeah, I guess cameras. It seems to be like the the there's, obviously there's a uh, a new iPad Pro on the way, and rumor has it that it's going to have like a, a square camera bump similar to the iPhone 11 slash 11 Pro. Um, beyond that, I don't know what I would would change about it really. No, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm. I've always said ever since I've had this is I'm happy with how the hardware is now. I'd like for this to just be a standard across for many years to come because it is the software that needs work. I mean, it's a undeniable fact for, for other people out there because the thing is, I'm happy with using it as a Ulysses freelancing writing machine and I'm happy with it. And 
there are some refinements i'd like to see you know apple watch supports i'd like to see the watch app be supported in the um, ipad so i could use the pencil to make a watch face you know that'd be great to have Mm -hmm. and even have those widgets as well battery life of the watch or activity widgets on the ipad that'd be fantastic not having full screen siri cover my 12.9 inch screen you know (laughs) with what the weather's like i'd see that in the corner you know it's it's just refinements to be honest The, the most and thing i'd like to see improved are the peripherals and it's been great when i saw you know, the smart keyboard have a rumor last week of a trackpad, um, which I still think weird. But I would like to see it have a backlit keyboard and um, colors and um, function keys that are just for the iPad. That would be something I'd love to see. But apart from that, not I. I don't know what else. <laughs> that touchpad's an interesting rumor, isn't it? Because you could you could say you know, you could almost roll your eyes at it and be like, for goodness sake. You know, it's one thing <laughs> to strap this thing to a keyboard and sort of make it half a laptop. It's another thing mm. to then strap a touchpad. Just buy a Mac. You know, if, if <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily subscribe to that viewpoint, but you can see how mm. people would arrive at it. To me, I think, yeah, they're probably going to do it. There, I think there will mm. be a smart keyboard with a, a touchpad. The question to me is, how will it be executed in the software? Will mm. it be the kind of thing that you can only use the touchpad when you're in like a text editor? to move the cursor mm. around or will it be maybe that when you're in the uh yeah like the is it the springboard the home screen it kind of acts similar to like an apple tv with like the focus engine the details of how they execute that it is going to be the interesting thing um that's going to be quite fascinating to watch i could you see them just you know just whacking an arrow on the ipad no now i can see it for accessibility reasons i i can see that totally for every single aspects of, of ipad os i can see that working when it comes to someone else who just uses it as maybe a a writing machine a, a graphic design way you know that's when i can't see it i can't see someone just attaching <coughs> excuse me a keyboard trackpad onto the ipad and then a, a mouse cursor appears i feel like this trackpad would be used for certain situations and for pro apps as well so if you had Xcode appear for iPad or Swift Playgrounds morphs into it, then the trackpad would appear and then you could use certain things like that. I can see that happening. I can see it for certain apps being used for the trackpad, definitely. I can see that being enabled, but I can't see it being enabled everywhere because why would I see it, want to see a mouse cursor when I'm watching a video? Why would I see a mouse trackpad on, on Springboard when that is tailor-made for touch inputs, you know? Um, barring, of course, accessibility reasons. I can't see it. Uh, so, you know, I don't know whether there's going to be just a standard trackpad on a smart keyboard. I, I can't see that. You know, I I feel like... I wonder if they'd maybe do, like, their, that Apple innovation origami folding things where it will appear and disappear when you want it to on a smart keyboard. You know, I could see that possibly happening. Um, like the bottom bit maybe expands out to form a touchpad and then if you don't want to use it anymore it folds back in as in you fold it back in as the user yeah yeah um like a certain point of, the, of that smart keyboard aspect is just using a trackpad but when you're done with it it's folded back in almost um but that's really the only point i can see it but not as a full you know um ipad os 14 is going to have a mouse cursor i can't see that i can see the appeal for it 
because I used one the other week, and the first thing I did was I I was doing some typing in a, in the notes app, and the first thing I did was I reached for the touchpad and it wasn't there. Yeah. So I mean, it's a no brainer that they're going to add it, and no doubt in in text editing applications, it's going to you know move the cursor around and and all of that. It's just what do they do outside of that? Yeah, I mean, it's I think it works it works in tandem with these keyboard improvements that are occurring with like 13.4 because you can now assign like maybe the caps lock to be in the shift or the globe icon to be and um, the caps lock you mm-hmm. know so I, I feel like there's hints there now which is nice so i I've, my prediction would be right because we're hearing all about these new ipads and everything else i kind of feel like you, we're going to see a new ipad announced at dub dub with this smart keyboard and trackpad with ipad os 14 so it's all going to be mixed in one go. And this March event, which which might happen, I don't think we'll see any iPad things there. We might see a new standard iPad, perhaps, but not a Pro. I feel like that could happen. Mind you, we only had the new standard iPad in September, didn't we? The- oh, they could improve it again, couldn't they? <laughs> they could bring another size out, perhaps. Yeah, I, I kind of think that event's going to be quite a lot about the iPhone 9 or SE2. Mm. Although, how do you put that on stage? Mm, uh, <coughs> yeah, it's there's nothing really much to demo, is there? Except for a few highlights of you know slides of what the specs are. Yeah, I mean there are a few things they can announce alongside it. I mean to be honest, there's there's no um, stopping them in bringing out a new peripheral for existing iPad Pros. You know why not bring out the smart keyboard now and then bring out the iPad Pro perhaps a dub dub with another um smart keyboard attachment you know yeah. that could work maybe that's if dub dub happens i honestly i if if i had to put money on it i would be leaning towards it not happening sitting here now mm. i mean facebook cancelled um what is it they call it f8 their conference yeah yeah and that's in the same venue in may so maybe two or three weeks before dub dub yeah it's i mean i kind of give it the chance of maybe Forty percent, really? Cancelled or happening? I would say as an online event, really. There's no harm in them, like kind of live streaming something for for announcements and things, because you know it's it's not a secret that they're all working on software updates for all their systems. So <laughs> they're not really going to be announcing it for a press release. So if it did happen, I could see it being all online. Um, maybe some of these events could happen at Apple stores, um, but. Oh, it's difficult, man. It, it is. I because they're all about you know health and everything there. But don't really want to host an event where coronavirus is kind of being rampant across San Jose. No, and they also don't want to spread it as a result of hosting the conference. Mm. Um, I don't know. I wonder whether say it got cancelled and they held WWDC online essentially. Um, mm. I wonder what that could mean for just other things, things that people would typically travel for. Maybe the world at large might kind of stop and be like, actually, do I need to travel for that? Can I not just jump on Skype? You, you even see it with um, companies that still really don't like the idea of remote working. Yeah. Um, when you think about it, I mean, it's got its pros and its cons, but there's no real reason why you can't do remote work, is there? I mean, in, no. in, in today's day and age. So I, I wonder whether the, you know this might all serve as a bit of a wake-up to that in some way. I think so. Yeah, I think it's a good point because I think there was a, an article I read earlier where it showed um, the pollution of China from oh, one yes. week to another. Yeah, and just amazing just how much there isn't any kind of smoke there now because everyone's staying in. It's crazy. Yeah. 
it's, uh, yeah, it boggles the mind, doesn't it? But I think of WWDC and I think, I mean, I would love to go. I've been saying this for years, I'd love to go. But actually the conference itself holds very little value to me. Um, mm. Because you can get, get all the content online. You can watch the keynote online. You can watch all the sessions online. In some cases, yeah. I think live. And in most cases, they're uploaded very, very quickly afterwards. And then they sort of add mm. on subtitles and stuff in due course. Um, so the quality of the content you get for free over the internet is is phenomenal. I think it's kind of the surrounding uh, events and just everyone being in town, which would be the thing that would make me want to go. Yeah, the more I hear about like San Jose and everything, it's more about people like meeting up and attending events which aren't WWDC. It's either like the talk show live or connected live or uh, <coughs> the other ones, you know. Yeah, yeah, like Dalrymple, like Dazza's Heineken bash. Oh, the beer, beer bash, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think people would kind of like just go for that, really. So, but then again, it makes me think like in this day and age, why? would you go to an apple media event now you know why would you have to go and sit down in a theater and listen to a new iphone being announced or ios 14 being announced because like take nintendo for instance they do with nintendo directs they'll announce them like maybe three four days notice and everyone's on youtube on that link ready and waiting to hear what they have to say and it's great you know the amount of hype for these directs is insane and i think a lot of people are annoyed because there hasn't been a direct this month and usually is but I digress. But I think that's a, that's a good thing to to kind of like pull from. Um, if Apple um, did this events like online wholly and just then maybe did the events, you know, for Apple stores. It's an interesting thought, really. But I think we've got to wait and see um, if they're able to contain this virus um, in the coming months. Yeah. I suppose there's always the roadshow as well. Um, they kind of do a developer roadshow there where they do, um, they'll send a, you know, a team of uh, people from Apple to, I think, like, uh, I think it's a Covent Garden Apple store. And mm. you can kind of, you know, they'll invite a load of devs up there. And then I think in New York they do one. Um, so maybe they might lean into that a bit more. But, yeah, it's going to be a going to be a one to watch because it's getting on for the time that they would announce Dub Dub. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's around now, isn't it, that they, they announced that tickets are open? I think maybe in the next two to three weeks. Um, don't quote me on that. But yeah, I mean they've got a bit. They surely their decision must be made by now. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's weird because I mean, I've I've really kind of had this kind of disconnect from the whole Apple groups and Twitter and the events and stuff. It's it's really weird because <laughs> ever since the um, media event last March, I think where they announced Apple TV and had like a whole holy shrine for oprah i just kind of lost interest that was a weird event i'll give you that <laughs> yeah it was very odd and it to me it was like the jump for shark moments because ever since then i um i watched dub dub for ipad os and that was great but when it came to the iphone event i didn't really watch it and even like my podcast listening for the apple you know networks and stuff and twitter i've just lost interest i just i just read it and just think why are you getting upset over this just just have a gin, please. I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I still watch the Apple keynotes, but I think they're feeling a lot more like commercials and than kind of the events that they once were. Yeah, it's almost like they they now it's now a fact that it's not just developers and Apple fans that are watching this. It's potential buyers for products now. You know, they want to see what could be announced. Yeah. 
and the broader press are kind of paying attention as opposed to just the tech press yeah yeah that's it so it's just i think almost like kind of like that allure of it has kind of gone for me now and also the fact that i just use you know ipad primarily now really and i want to get rid of this iphone 10 because i don't like face id on the phone i really don't Do you know if this no if this se2 gets announced with this year's well late last year's internals and touch id i'm all for it because i i just i've never liked face id on the phone i've never got on with it that's interesting hmm yeah it's funny yeah. you say about the iphone 10 because really this year is kind of my my phone year i guess you could say um when the iphone 12 or 11s comes out Mm. Um, but honestly, I I don't really care sitting here now. No. And that's unusual no. because I would be hopping up and down, like roll the clock back three or four years. I'd be like, oh, this is my phone year. And I'd be paying attention to all the rumors and I'd be watching mm. the event and I'd be trying to pre-order one. I'd be so excited. And I'm just not. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's because really kind of like the iPhone 10, it represented kind of like a, a really a huge amount of time that Apple had spent learning and evolving and putting great technologies into the phone. And it was a big leap from, well, I went from an iPhone 6 to an iPhone 10. And mm. that was a, as a big jump. And that was a mm. cool upgrade. But now I look at what's out and I'm like, well, what am I exactly paying for? Yeah, uh, that's, that's exactly, exactly my feeling. Because I went from an 8 Plus to a 10. And for the first few weeks, I was like, oh, it's great to have like a phone that actually fits in my hand now. It's great. But then the more I used it, I just was like, I really don't like that notch. I really don't want, get why, why the power button has like four different uses. Why do I have to press it twice to do Apple Pay, scan my face and then pay it? Um, and then the, the screenshot function. And yeah, I, I just, I've not liked this, this phone um, it's it's really been a, a low point, I have to say, of this. Um, so yeah, if they bring out this SE2 Touch ID, I'm all for it. I'm surprised to hear you say that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm unhappy with my 10. In fact, I'd say it, I think it's fantastic. In fact, that's kind of the problem. It's so fantastic to me that I don't see any reason to upgrade. Or I haven't done mm. so far. Because um, really, like I say, this this is my iPhone year and I you know, kind of, been sort of allocating budget as it were for the for september october time yeah um but actually i'm thinking would i be better off you know having an ipad year because the newest ipad i've got is an, an ipad air one all oh, right so that's uh <laughs> yeah that that's um that's, it's basically just like a, a portable tv really we just use it for watching youtube and, and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's you an upgrade i think not i think that's 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 time i think so and and What's weird is that I could probably get a fairly decent iPad set up with accessories for less money than the new phone. Yeah. And when you put it in yeah, those terms, it's like, why is the phone so much money? Mm. Yeah, because I'm paying like 43 quid a month on a network, um, you know, for this phone. But it's a phone that I barely use. I'm only really using it for the watch features or WhatsApp and the, and the camera because I used it for Edinburgh and it was perfect. And that's pretty much it. And I'm thinking, why am I paying this amount? I, I shouldn't be. And I mean, it, it does sound like I gave the 10 a hard time, but I think the only thing I really properly like from it is the screen. It's fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe that allure of the iPhone now is kind of like going from me now. Um, I'm just happy. 
because I was in CEX a, a few days ago and I, lo- I looked at the SEs and there was one for 128 gig for 110 pounds. And I thought, you know what? I'm actually tempted. If I wasn't an SE2 coming, I probably would have swapped it for that. Yeah. I mean, if, even if the SE2 comes out or the iPhone 9, um, what's the pricing room? Is about 399, 499? About 399. If it comes in at 399, if you just buy one, sim, you know, completely SIM unlocked, mm. go for a SIM only plan. Um, that's a pretty affordable way to have a, a modern iPhone. It is, yeah, yeah, and I'd be totally, you know, down with them um, buying one of those because you can get so many contracts now for twenty, twenty-five quid with a hundred gig of data. So you know, it's almost like, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. To be honest, you know, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I think that could well be the plan for this year. Um, skip the skip the phone again for another year. So that I mean, probably going four years with the ten before, if presumably I upgrade next year. Um, yeah but then I, yeah it's almost like we've kind of hit peak phone in a way peak smartphone like the low-hanging fruit's been had hasn't it i mean it is i mean i said this before i think um when i was previously on that i feel like it's the software's kind of hit a plateau now with the iphone it's it's there really um i think it just needs a few tweaks um to kind of make it just just great really it's all about the ipad os but i think again it also kind of goes back to social media and the podcast that we listen to that kind of like almost kind of skew our, our wants and needs for what we want to have, really. Because if you're just kind of listening to a lot of shows from a certain network, you're going to want to get the iPhone 11 Pro. You know, you're going to want to buy a Galaxy Fold, um, which hasn't really worked out. You're going to want to buy a keyboard. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just a point of where you kind of feel like you, when you step back from that, you kind of think about it as a whole, like, do I really need this? Do I really need to pay this monthly amount when it comes down to it? No, you don't, <laughs> to be honest. If you're just using it for WhatsApp, cameras, um, <coughs> social media, Instagram, you don't need that. They're not called influencers for nothing, Baxter. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. But I'm just content with what I've got. And I think it's also helped the fact that... You know, my MacBook Air is almost on its last legs now. It's it's charging in the corner here. I can see it, but I'm recording to you through with this PC that I've built, and I'm I'm more than happy with that now. We need to talk you know? about that. Put a pin in that. We'll talk about that in a bit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but for, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if the SE2 got announced with uh, <coughs> today's features, Touch ID, 128 gig for 399, I will reach in the savings and buy one. Honestly, I'm, I'll be happy with that because, you know, um, there's been debts I've had to pay the last few months and now they've, been, they've cleared. The next... Way to go. Um, yeah, the, ne- the next aim now is getting this phone contract sorted. So I think this could be the next thing. So, yeah, that's my plan. So what iPad do I buy? You buy the 11-inch iPad Pro because they have got some good deals on now. See, I was leaning maybe towards the Air why um just because i don't see myself as that big of an ipad user therefore maybe the air would be kind of the appropriate level of expense based on I mean, the use i'm going to get out of it maybe but when like maybe you have your developer's hat on then you kind of think well what if the app for your developing <coughs> whatever app it could be how could it work for that smart keyboard or the one that could be coming down the road you know, how could it help your daily use in that respect? How could Face ID work, you know? So I feel like the iPad Pro could 
could be the best one for you. What's, really. what's the deal with smart connectors on the air? Does it have it or not? I, oh. I think I want to say it does. Mm. Because isn't it essentially the old 10.5 Pro that's been rebadged and slightly tweaked? Yeah, it is. It's just got another sticker on it now. Yeah, so it's basically air is the equivalent of saying middle of the range. So yeah, we've got the 12... No, we don't. We've got the 10.2 inch. That's just like the, the iPad, isn't it? Yeah, that's just the iPad with the smart keyboard. So yeah, it looks like it's pretty much the 10.5 inch iPad Pro from back in the day, just with 0.3 inches lower. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the first... And the Air oh, is pencil. basically the 10.5 iPad Pro from back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at this now, and let's have a look. Yeah, there we go, yeah, iPad Air with the smart connector. Yeah, that's there. So, I mean, I, I guess... Apple Pencil but I think... 1, that's the only thing. I do love the way the Apple Pencil snaps onto the Pro. I think that is fantastic. It is, And it charges yeah. it as well, which is so yeah. much nicer than that clumsy original Apple Pencil, the way that charges, and subsequently gets lost. Yeah, but that's the thing you're going to have with the iPad Air if you get it, exactly. because that's that's going to have Apple Pencil 1. Uh, so I think you'll be best for the iPad Pro 11-inch. I think that would... I think definitely for future-proofing as well, seeing you've got the iPad Air 1 now, I think this would be good to future-proof yourself. So what are we looking at in terms of spend on a Pro <laughs> these days? Um, phew, how much gold coins have you got not for this <laughs> <laughs> well if you consider I would be budgeting to buy an iPhone 11 or 12 um, outright come September October time if I didn't do that I would have that equivalent budget for an iPad is storage a big issue to you for the iPad I don't think so and it's never been with the phone I've always been on 64 I'm still on 64 mm. with the 10 and I've never had it be a problem yeah. So, I mean, for the 64 gig Wi-Fi, 769. 769. And then how Which much are the bad, keyboards really? and the pencils? Oh, brace yourself. Oh, no. So. <laughs> uh, 119. However, you can mm. get free engraving, so. Oh, you, you can just say Daryl Baxter is great. That'd be a great <laughs> thing to have. <laughs> Baxter was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you um, add 119 to 769. Oh, man, but the price for the smart keyboard for your 11-inch. Let's have a look. Should I be bracing myself? Good Lord, 179 <laughs> for a keyboard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So pretty much, right, if you wanted the whole shebang, you're looking at 300 quid for accessories. 119 plus 179 plus, what was the iPad, 769? 1,067 pounds. Crikey. Mm. But then again... How much was that MacBook Pro for you? Hey, let's not go there. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still recovering from that. This is a drop in the ocean, not compared to that. <laughs> I am still in recovery. I really am. I mean, that was money that was purposefully set aside in a separate account. And the entirety of that savings account was for the MacBook. Therefore, it wasn't sort of mingled into my day-to-day spends. It was a separate pot of money that I had no real emotional attachment to. And it still really hurt to spend it. I was going to do a Father Ted reference of um, that money was resting in my account, but I don't think a lot of listeners will get that. So I'm going to leave it. <laughs> I may not get it either, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, honestly, like, but at the time, I got the iPad Pro and I still am paying for it monthly for a, for a, um, a phone provider. But it's paying for itself through the writing. That's fine. If you're able to, to pay in one lump sum, then go for it. 
But I kind of feel like from your developer standpoint, I, I feel like the monthly fee would, would help you, really, because... You know, it's it's a business expense, and why not? <laughs> but I need it for my development. <laughs> exactly. It's like the classic exactly. excuse for buying any new Apple hardware. <laughs> <laughs> why well, has to stop him? Andy Nikolai did that a few days ago from buying a, a a MacBook for some reason. I'm like, why are you doing this? No. So <clears throat> yeah, just get the iPad, Mark. You'll you'll love it. <laughs> Basically, it's the pencil I want it for because I'm going to be <laughs> developing this um, new app with Pencil Kit. Yeah, so kind of need one for that. Um, yeah, and and like the the age of this Apple Pencil first generation, I kind of feel like they're going to get rid of it this year. So why not get the second gen? See, part of me is like, do I just hang on for the March event and see if they release something? Even if they release a new iPad Pro, pick up one of the old ones cheap. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's what I do. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, <clears throat> you'll be the first to know. <laughs> if I do Lovely. anything, no doubt you'll be gloating on Twitter <laughs> until you can gloat no more. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, it's kind of like a, a good thing to kind of go into with um, the whole Mac thing because, I mean, I'm using like the iPad Pro obviously like full time, you know, all the time. And it's getting to that point now where the battery's dying, but I'm still going to use it regardless. And the phone we've already talked about, but, you know, the MacBook Air, I mean, I've just kind of left it now. It's it's really kind of thing where it's holding my podcast files and certain things, but I'm just using the PC now for everything else. It's great. And the iPad I've just got here on a stand, but I'm using for other stuff if I need to. And it's a great little setup I've got at the minute. I'm, I'm just happy with everything, and especially after Catalina, which I haven't up- updated the MacBook Air to, by the way. It's still on whatever it is that was before. Um, Harvey. Yeah, I'm just... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just happy with how it is now, so... um Talk to me a bit about this PC then. What what have you built? What have I built? So, bit of history rant. So, about a year ago, I just wanted a PC that I could just play games on and for games to that I could review as well for the writing. And the MacBook Air just didn't. It just couldn't do it anymore. I mean, it, it struggles on like Bioshock Infinite from six years ago, seven years ago now even. So I just wanted a PC I could build and I could maintain and upgrade if I wanted to. So after a month of December researching it and then a month of January kind of buying the parts piece by piece um, it's now all built um, time is recording I've ordered a, a secondary hard drive four terabytes so that's going to be good but yeah I'm totally happy with it I mean it's running everything as I want it to it's running Resident Evil 2 remake on um, high settings and 60 frames everything else it's been fantastic um, yeah I'm really happy with it and it's something i'm going to be keeping for the foreseeable really really happy so what are the specs so the specs Talk about the specs. <laughs> it is yeah so i've got a 16 gig uh, memory ddr4 a single stick so i've got room to upgrade it to uh, yeah, yeah 64 i've got a 256 m2 stick um which is just going to be holding all the necessary files i've also got this lovely motherboard which has got USB-C, and I tell you, it was a ball like to find a motherboard with USB-C, but I found it, and it's got all the USB 3C, CD, 3... I can't even speak, I don't know why. Uh, USB... I mean, to be fair oh, to you, oh USB-C God. and everything like that is massively confusing. <laughs> it is, it really is, yeah. So it's got all the ports. Um, all the ports. I've also got a way of the case having its own ports at the front, so I don't need to go to the back. It's got... Um, 
AMD uh, 3400G, which means that it's got onboard graphics. So it's got Vega, which is what's running everything else. Um, so wait, hold on a minute. You've got a dedicated graphics card, do you say, is a, yeah. a Vega? Yeah, yeah, Vega. So, yeah, so that onboard graphic is called Vega. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, I think that's it, unless I've missed anything. So you say that you've got onboard graphics that's a Vega? Yeah. On the motherboard? It's on the processor. The, oh, the processor, of course. Right, okay. So do, yeah. do you have a, a separate card then? For graphics? Yeah. No, not yet, no. Oh, right, um, okay. And you find that's enough at the minute for what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm amazed just how well it's been um, running stuff. I mean... I've been using the emulators, so um, this Wii U emulator, it's been running Wind Waker HD in um, upscaled resolution in 60 frames. But the aim was, at the beginning, just to have it with graphics on, because I, it was pretty much a PC that I wanted to kind of be able to upgrade in the future. Yeah. That's what everything's set up for, so that's why I got the 4 terabyte on the way, and the processor I can swap out for another one. So the speed at the minute, it's running at 1.2, but I know it can go up to 4, gi- 4 gigahertz if it needed to. So, yeah, I'm happy with it. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting that you're able to game on what is essentially onboard graphics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going from a 2013 MacBook to this, and I did a lot of research through YouTube and all the sites, and, yeah, this was pretty much the one to go to. And I'm amazed just how much you can throw at it. And in a process that was released last year, I mean, look, I'm, a, as you know, a retro gamer, and I'll play games from... Even like 2012, even, um, and to me that's latest. So I could be playing, let's see, uh, Portal Two, as you well know. We've been playing co-op on that. Yeah, it's been lovely. Um, Ultra High, that's been 60 frames. Um, Tekken Seven, even that was a game from 2017. That can play medium settings on 60 frames. That's fine. Um, yeah, but Resident Evil Two Remake, that was a game released last January, and I'm doing all of it on high on this monitor so yeah very happy with it so what res are you playing at it is uh, 1440 by 900 okay yeah that's pretty cool so off, off, of, yeah. off of integrated graphics that's um yeah i wasn't expecting you to say that i was expecting you to say you had some mm-hmm. kind of uh graphics card or something like you know dedicated but yeah no, i guess you can always add that can't you well that's it yeah that's what i've that's what the aim of this pc was for is to kind of beef it up when i needed to so at the minute i'm looking at a particular graphics card a 2060 super i think it is right uh, an nvidia so that's kind of what i got my eye on but i do keep hearing that these graphics cards replacements are coming out in the next couple of months yeah so i may as well kind of hold back and just see what happens there so to have a like kind of latest and greatest mid-range graphics card in that pc would be good and it would kind of set me up for the next three like three four years so i'm happy with that yeah I feel like I need to write about how I'm using the 16 inches, basically a gaming PC. Um, yeah, I know you put, yeah. you put me onto it initially, and I was like, no, no, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to say, but I kind of feel like this sort of like jerry-rigged gaming setup that I've got on my desk now. I should probably write about it a little bit because there's lots of interesting tidbits that you come across. Yeah. Um, well, like today with Doom, when you change the rendering engine from OpenGL to I want to say Vector. It's not Vector. It's Vulcan. Vulcan, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, going from 40 frames, no matter what settings you put, to 140 on Ultra. Um, mm. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's just... Um, it's kind of weird, because I bought the 16-inch MacBook not really expecting to do any gaming on it. Um, yeah. It was all about, you know, using it for Xcode and design software, all that kind of stuff. Maybe some video yeah. encoding. 
Then once it had shipped, I got the email to say, good news, it's on its way. I was like, okay, cool. Then I stumbled across this YouTube video, um, Max Tech, he's called. And I think the title of the video was, the 16-inch MacBook can game. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure it can, but not very well. Um, watched the video and I was like, blimey, that's, that's pretty pretty respectable numbers it was getting. So it's kind of, I don't know, like for, for years I've not really been into gaming. I used to build gaming PCs, like roll, roll mm. the clock back 10 years. Um, but for whatever reason, I've just I kind of fell out of love with it. But this 16-inch MacBook, which was intended to be a development device, has kind of reawoken this gamer in me. And it's um, it's super cool. I'm loving it because... I just want to find its limit, really. I want to know what the limit of this MacBook is. Because I've got yeah. it hooked up to a 24-inch 1920 by 1200 monitor. Mm. Um, and I, I, I haven't found anything that can essentially beat it. I mean, yeah. I, play, I play a lot of Counter-Strike Go. But to be fair, like a microwave oven could probably play that now. It's, um, it's not very taxing. Um, so I thought, when I saw Doom go on sale for four pounds forty nine or whatever it was, I thought that that would be the that would be the game to test it surely. Um, and when I got forty frames a second, I was like, "Yep, okay, this is the thing that beats the MacBook." And it's it's no surprise. Um, it wasn't until I switched over to the different rendering engine that I was like, "Nope, not beaten yet." So <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, do you know any games that would maybe sort of tax it a bit more? The thing is, it is. I think it's like going back to kind of how all of our like um, like opinions on like games and hardware has been kind of skewed almost by podcasts, social media and YouTube because it's like MKBHD, for instance. We're always hearing from him about 8K video and <coughs> monitors that play this and why isn't it playing in this resolution. And <coughs> I, with games now, a lot of the trend is if it's going to run 60 frames in 4K. So I think the plateau for you would be to see how well a MacBook Pro runs a game on 4K. I think that's the main thing. Now, with a game, oh, it's difficult. Uh, I think a, a good one would be the latest Call of Duty and Star Wars Battlefront 2 as well, because the amount of graphics on that is insane, and they're always updating it. So I think that could be a good um, stress test. Yeah. Do you think now that the world has kind of its attention has shifted to 4K that mm. because I'm running at 1920 by 1200 I'm basically going to be fine with whatever? Yeah. I'm at re- I'm at, I mean that I remember back when I was building PCs that was like oh that's quite a high resolution. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah you, had, you had to put in the best graphics cards to be able to run smoothly at that resolution whereas now it's like I mean, this is a laptop that's like not even an inch thick and mm, yeah. you know cracking out 140 frames a second on doom which i i would assume would be like top of the pile in terms of graphics kind of prowess i mean it looks fantastic yeah Yeah. um yeah it's uh yeah it's crazy absolutely crazy Um, yeah yeah it's amazing how it's all skewed because a lot of people now just want to play Fortnite on their best pc or best setup you know that's all it is i mean i've only kind of been with this esports um gig only a couple of weeks but it's amazing like the insight you can get to kind of like all people want to search for is gaming setup rig for Fortnite. That's it. You know, they don't want to hear about the best setup they can buy for Call of Duty or Dragon Ball Fighters or um, their emulators. It's all about Fortnite. So it's amazing to me, like, how that mindset has shifted to that now. And I think, of, of course, with 4K and 8K and whatever, 
you know people kind of just want a pc that runs that for whatever reason to then talk about it on a podcast or a blog post <laughs> i think that's it now <laughs> yeah i mean i look at the the monitor i've got here you know 1920 1200 looks great it's fine mm. I, yeah. I maybe it's because i don't know what i'm missing out on mm. but i would rather have you know the ability to have basically any game run at this resolution with massively high frame rates than go to 4k and struggle mm. yeah that's it yeah it's all about the 4k and the 8k now that's what people want for whatever reason uh so but i'm happy with my 1440 by 900 i'm happy with just playing resident evil on this and all the emulators and yeah i'm just content and i've got my ipad pro for all the work and everything else so i'm honestly content i'm just waiting to see what this se2 looks like that's that's pretty much it but um and portal 2 i think we need to do another game of that and hopefully stream it soon as well because that was a good time oh yeah it was it was i tell you what though i've now got a massive respect for any kind of online game streamer (laughs) yeah because i know we kind we kind of went into it half being like should we kind of make this a podcast and sort of chat Mm. as we play and then we're like no no we'll just kind of use it as a practice round yeah but as soon as i started playing i just stopped talking it's like my brain just couldn't handle the fact that I had to play a game and talk at the same time. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a huge skill. Um, when you see, like, the gamers on Twitch, it's almost like they're doing a podcast for hours on end while they game. And they're gaming mm. at the same time to a really high standard and yeah. sort of, like, putting on a show. It's, um, yeah, I've always kind of looked at it and thought, oh, that'd be great if you could just have that as your job. Wouldn't that be easy? But um, turns out, no, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, another thing I want to do with Power Keys is I've got a Twitch account on it and it's just called Power Keys. So all I want to do <laughs> now and again is kind of like stream random games. Um, I'm in two minds, though, whether to have my crazy face appear on the screen as well. Um, I don't know, because I have a thought of like playing past episodes as the background noise while I'm streaming a game. So um I'm in the midst of thinking about how that goes, but I'd like for us to kind of stream on that thing. That'd be nice to do, I think, with Portal 2. Yeah, it's a cool game, isn't it? Oh, it's great. I mean, it it feels like it's only been released like a few months ago. It's amazing, those co-op missions. Mm. Well, I suppose when you get your um, your four terabyte drive, I'm presuming that's where you're going to store all of your game files. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I think if any any games that I'm going to be reviewing, there is a game I'm, I'm reviewing soon, but I can't say um, that need, that's going to be on the um, SSD because all the loading screens and stuff, it can just do it in an instant. Um, but then again, I mean, the speeds for a, this hard drive are, are so small anyway, it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just kind of thinking to my first PC build from 2005, um, how slow that was. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's all fine. <laughs> yeah, I think a USB-C SSD might be in my future um, because obviously I've boot camped my MacBook Pro. Yeah. And when I did it, I gave it 256 for Windows, thinking, oh, that'll be plenty. You know, like games are only like five to 10 gig each. <laughs> so how naive oh. was that? <laughs> <laughs> how wrong were we? <laughs> yeah, so I installed CSGO and I was like, oh, that's fine. I've got loads of room left. And I installed something else and something else. And then I installed yeah. Doom and it's like 60 gig for Doom. Are you serious? Um, yeah. So then I, there's a couple of other games I want to install and basically I've got no room left. So I think, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need some kind of external storage. Um, yeah. That's definitely in my future. To. Yeah, you're going to have to. I mean, I wanted to install GTA 5 and try out some nod, mods, but that's 90 gig. I'm not going to have that. Whoa. Yeah, because yeah. I've got all the GTAs. I remember they went on sale years ago and I got everything from like the very first GTA, the top down one, 
all the way to GTA 4 in a bundle. I don't have five, but it would be nice to get them all installed, but I just don't have the space. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's going to be weird having four terabytes. That's like the most I've ever had. So I'll have all this space not, and I'm thinking, what the hell do I do now <laughs> with all this? It's like unlimited storage for me. It's, it's crazy. But I'm sure I'll find a way to fill it all up, whether it's like through um, emulators and games. And, yeah. Uh, get Doom installed. And- get CSGO installed. I need to play you at CSGO. <laughs> I'm desperate to play you at CSGO. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said to you earlier, like, I, I might just kind of delete Tekken 7 with its 75 gig and just do CSGO instead. Yeah, and I'm sure um, your PC will run it really well as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I'll be sure it is. I'll, I'll be a, a total rookie at it, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, work. we'll see how it goes. It's a very, very steep learning curve, but it is <clears throat> totally worth it, I would say. It's, I feel like the game is still rewarding me now, sort of, how long have we been playing it now about three months Mm, three months in and i still feel like every time i play it i'm getting better and the game kind of rewards you for it um it can be quite off-putting to start with i think if you just keep getting shot (laughs) but yeah it definitely rewards perseverance which i think is what sort of draws me to the game really um almost in the same way that you know development does because development's constantly in pursuit of getting better at something Um, yeah and counter-strike kind of yeah lends that kind of itself to that side of me if you see what i mean yeah i mean it's kind of like what you said to me a few weeks ago like when you said you almost felt guilty for playing a game on the MacBook. yeah um but then you said like you you were rather like doing development but i said well that's that's your that's your thing that's your way of kind of like you know relaxing from a development because if you're playing something it kind of keeps your mind off it and almost kind of like works your subconscious into having some ideas for when you do next development and i think that's kind of worked hasn't it yeah so the way my kind of typical day runs at the minute i get a couple of hours in the afternoon for kind of like yeah you know, it's like my time basically when the kids have to take a nap <laughs> so that's kind of like my my time um yeah and i've kind of got into a bit of a rhythm whereby i'll do sort of 10 15 20 minutes of gaming um mm. and then i'll do say 45 50 minutes of dev then i just kind of repeat that cycle again and yeah. like I say, initially I felt so guilty for playing games. It was like, oh, you should be doing development work. You're messing around on these silly games. Um, and then I felt guilty just for buying the MacBooks. It's like you bought this MacBook at great expense and all you're doing <laughs> is playing games on it. You could have built a gaming PC for like a £1,000, um, maybe even less than that. You saved yourself loads of money. At one point I was like, should I just return the MacBook? Like, this is, have I just bought something I don't need? And actually I've kind of figured out I actually want a gaming PC instead. Um, I went all mm. around the houses with it. Um, and essentially, it all boiled down to, to guilt. I just felt really guilty playing games. Mm. Almost like I was squandering development time. But I've actually kind of... Well, you said it, I think. You just said, well, why don't you just do both? And I was like, mm. well, I never thought of that. <laughs> that sounds far too sensible and logical. Why didn't I think of that? Um, and yeah, it turns out you can do both. And I find that if I just start you know, start kind of uh, by just doing 10, 20 minutes of it, then I can, I don't, I don't know, it kind of like just clears your head a little bit and then I yeah. do some development work. And then it's also motivation to really kind of work hard at your development and not mm. to just sort of squander and squander your time because you kind of think, well, you know, if it's sort of 10 past, quarter past two now at three o'clock, there's another gaming window coming up. So you, yeah. you're sort of like, I want to do as much development as I can before three o'clock, and that kind of keeps me motivated. Um, so it's yeah. actually turned into a positive thing, something that originally racked me with guilt. Um, mm. Yeah, it's turned out really well. 
Yeah, and that's it. Because I think I've had no guilt from this gaming PC at all. Because uh, yet another thing I learned from last year's like mess is I had to kind of give some time to myself. If I just kept doing the work constantly and nonstop, it would eat away at me. And I've kind of got like a almost like an addictive personality. So I have to kind of like keep going and going and going and challenge myself and go higher and go beyond like what I thought I could do. But there comes a point where you'll just break and you'll just kind of shatter almost. So I've had to kind of like force myself to take days off, take evenings off and kind of separate myself away from the writing. Because like, I mean, for instance, like this week, I've, I must have written maybe, I'll go with 6,000 words, um, all the articles. But when it came to Friday... I had a, one more thing to do and I was like, right, no more. I'm just going to stop until Monday and that's it. And ever since then, you know, I've been um, at Wedding Fair with Lauren, which was an experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, last night, I, I'd spent like four hours just playing Resident Evil 2 and it was so much fun. It was it was fantastic. And other things of like just playing other games, playing Dragon Ball Fighters and, um, and even that. But it kind of spurred other ideas for certain articles that have been approved for me to write you know so i'll drop them down but i won't write down i won't sit down and go on ulysses it spurs an idea and it helps your mind relax but it also helps your creativeness whether it's development or writing kind of spur on in its own little way to give you an idea to keep you uh, maybe maybe do something that you didn't think of before so i think that's good i think time away and a break from doing what you're meant to be doing helps and this gaming thing works. That's wise words, Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all week. <laughs> well, I think that's probably a pretty good place to end it. Anything you want to plug before we uh, disappear? Um, Iron Brew and Gin is a great combination. Please have it. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, Pepsi Cherry Coke, um, both of them are great. Um, but also, um, you can find me on Daryl Baxter on Twitter for all the gin recommendations. And Pal Keys is everywhere, and I'm trying to get it resumed for April. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. And also, if you want to add me on Steam, um, just message me, and we can probably have a go on some crazy game. But apart from that, um, it's been great to talk to you, not as always. I uh, appreciate you uh, stepping in at such short notice to help us out. <laughs> <laughs> always. Very, very much appreciated. <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> <laughs>